The big question is, what are the top entrepreneurs doing to get more sales, dominate their category, and how can you get the same results without chasing likes and comments? It's time to flip the script. This is the Virtually Famous Podcast. I'm your host, Louise Corbell. Please subscribe. Let's get started. All right. I have a special guest today and his name is Alex Sheridan. He owns a company that actually helps you make your video content sell for you 24 seven. Alex is first and foremost, a LinkedIn professional and definitely uses that particular platform the most. That's where he's most prevalent. And that's why I wanted to bring him onto the show was because his segue into video is through LinkedIn. And that is, is not one of probably our particular platforms that we ignore. It's clunky in that regard. But for the most part, that particular platform actually probably has the most opportunity that you can find your actual audience. So I want to welcome you, Alex, to the Virtually Famous Podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. And we were talking before we got on, and I love the fact that you are helping people, larger companies, they're doing that at minimum $5 million with their video content. And one of the things that my audience is probably a little shy because my audience tends to make up X generation. And so they don't actually create video. You'll see a lot of my audience on Hello Audio or podcast, and that's me included. So that's why I'm really focusing virtually famous on that video content and having you help us understand why we need to be doing more video and how to start stepping into that and owning the video. Cool. So let's tackle the why first, why you should be creating video content and have it really part of your content strategy. There's a lot of reasons, right? But the first thing I'll say is this, just so people have perspective we consume two times the amount of video content online than we did four years ago. So if you look at 2018, we consumed around 10 hours of online video consumption every week per person. Now it's around 20 hours a week. And so if you look at you know what's happening with TikTok, right? TikTok's the largest growing, the fastest growing social media platform on planet Earth. It's setting precedent for Facebook Instagram, YouTube shorts, it even has a big influence on LinkedIn and how video creators create content in general. It's completely changed the way we look at content because it's from a video standpoint, it's got an interest-based algorithm versus a social graph like we saw in the past. Video allows you to connect with people on a much more human and emotional level. So the same thing you'd see in sales, right? No one would debate like when the when COVID happened, why did we all go to Zoom? Why didn't we go to the phone calls? Because we wanted to see people because we knew that if we saw somebody and we could see their reactions and how they smile and what their nonverbal cues are, then we could connect with them at a deeper level. So for those reasons, if you just look at what's happening in society, and then if you look at the power of what video content can do and how you can connect with your audience on a deeper level versus you could with a picture or even just text post, it's a no brainer for that reason. And there's a ton of research and data that shows that video converts at a much higher rate when you put it on landing pages and emails even, and then websites. So that's the why behind it. 
So I think they're obviously a big competitor of Instagram. So I think part of their appeal is like, they want to take the people away from Instagram and onto TikTok. I don't think there's any question about that. And I'm sure Instagram would love to take people off TikTok and bring it to Instagram. That's why they created Instagram Reels. So you'll see platforms test and try different things. And some things are going to work well and they'll keep them. And sometimes they won't. And so they'll get rid of them. And so I think TikTok is trying to appeal to the people on Instagram who will eventually start creating video content because we all will at some point, just people that are later on in life thought that they would never use Facebook. And now that's all they're doing is using Facebook. <laughs> so it's it's the same thing. It goes through phases, but I think TikTok's being smart and saying, can we capture a lot of the people that are still on Instagram and haven't moved over yet because they like the picture element and maybe they're scared to make videos or they're not as comfortable with consuming videos at that rapid rate can they get some of those people over? And I've seen them testing out different things too, like aside from just the pictures, but I think it's that versus them moving to a picture type of, and so I just, we just did a whole live session and YouTube episode on this. Basically the reason that works so well, and if you've seen my content or you've seen other creators content, if you're listening out there where they're a skit period where like they've got two characters acting out something Or it could be something unique that you're doing with the editing or your first couple lines that you say. There's a ton of different ways that you could add edutainment. It could be how you come into the camera in a unique kind of entertaining way. There's a ton of different ways to do it, beginner level and then super advanced level. The reason it works so well is if you just think about human behavior, if I was going to sit and deliver like picture, this is a great analogy, picture a keynote speaker. What does a keynote speaker do when they get on stage? A really good one. Do they just talk like this about their topic for an hour? No, they don't. Do they get on there and clown and make jokes for an hour? No, they don't. That's what a comedian would do, right? But they get on there and they've got a really good message that they want to get across. It's probably an educational, motivational type message. They want to to shift the perspective and create change. But they're also doing it in a way that they're going to make you smile. They're going to make you think. They're going to make you perhaps laugh a couple of times throughout the keynote. They're going to engage the audience. They're going to bring in some emotion, And that's exactly what we're doing with edutainment. So it brings in the emotion of our into our educational content. And that's why oftentimes have done right. And for me, for sure. And for our customers, it converts at a much higher rate because now you're getting people bought in to, wow, this is fun to consume. I'm actually having a good time and I'm learning something. And now I feel more connected to the creator because they made me smile and laugh. And when you can make someone laugh when they're having a crap day, and they consume a video of yours, and you've made them smile or laugh, you don't realize what that does to the human psyche and how much more they're bought into you as a creator versus if you purely do educational content every single time. If it's always the same, you need to mix them up. So I'm curious, how often are you posting on your TikTok versus your LinkedIn? Let's just keep those two platforms. And so it's about five times a week on LinkedIn. TikTok's about five or six times a week. Your videos, are you not using a platform to to upload or are you doing it individually? Yeah, we, we, yeah, we, do, we, do a, we use a scheduler app for LinkedIn called Scenely.io. It allows you to post the content, schedule the content, and then you can drop your first comment in there, which is cool for LinkedIn because there's a lot of good call to action type things you can do in the comments. And then for TikTok, we, you can schedule an app on the desktop. So it's super easy. So most of our, all of our posts are ready to go. So like for, if I'm planning content, it's now for two weeks out. All my stuff next week is already done, produced, copies written, hashtags, like it's ready to go. So tell us a little bit about how your process works when you're actually working with a company so that 
you're more planned out into the future versus getting up one day and going, oh, I got to do some video content. Yeah. So if you could give us your process, that would be really helpful. Yeah. So the secret hack to content creation is you, it's got to be in my mind, it's got to be part engineering and then part creativity. So the creativity is the hooks, it's the delivery, it's the message, it's the how you speak to your audience, how you bring in the emotional component to your message, edutainment. It's not being afraid to try new things and get outside the box and change your delivery and where you shoot your videos and how you shoot them and really put yourself out there, like innovate stuff. And then the engineering side is creating processes and systems where you can basically take raw footage and throw it into a system and it's lean and it comes out the other side as an output, as a finished video ready to schedule in your scheduler apps or on post on social media. So that side, if you asked about creating versus repurposing and things like that, we do both, right? So what I would always recommend is that people create original content from scratch. And if you're going to do that, the best way to do it is, again, to be planned out and have a system where you batch record content once a week. That's exactly what I do. Every Wednesday, I come in, I film six to sometimes 10 videos that goes into the system as inputs, comes out the other side, outputs ready to be scheduled. In terms of the repurposing side of that, we have a live session once a week called Brand in Demand. Anyone can show up and be a part of that. And basically, it's a 30 to 45 minute session. I talk for 10, 15. Then we go into Q&A. We take that raw footage that goes in the inputs, comes back out the other side, a YouTube long form, a podcast episode, a blog, a newsletter, a couple text posts, and then eight to 10 video clips. So every week I'm creating anywhere from 16 to 20 videos on top of some of the other content. And so that's how you're able to call, we call this the video content machine. That's what you do when you're creating that, right? You're taking the creation and the repurposing and you're building a backlog of videos. So you've got video content you can post for the next couple months. Even if you never made a video the next couple months, you've got content just ready to go. I love this term that Christopher Lockhead calls the native analogs and the native digital. Yeah. And we as X-Gens are basically what he refers to as native analogs. And we've never grown up with video in front of our faces or cameras in front of our faces. And so like you said, you sit down on a Wednesday. That's exactly what everybody should be doing is just sitting down one day a week and mapping that day out and making sure that you're time blocking that for the video content. Then the next step, it's taking that content and then creating a lot of, you deal with bigger companies, but my guys, they're coaches. They don't have that same budget. So if they were to create videos, let's say they went out on a Wednesday, like you do, created 16 to 20 different videos, edited them. What would you suggest that they do after that? What's their next step that you would suggest that they do as solopreneurs? Yeah. So a couple of things in there, if I can just dissect that into kind of two parts. The first part is the excuse of, I didn't grow up creating video content. I didn't grow up consuming video content. Like I work with customers that are in their forties, fifties, sixties. Some of the biggest known social media people out there that have personal brands are in their forties, fifties, and sixties. Look, you could find an excuse for everything, right? But at the end of the day, do you want to do this or not? Do you want to build your brand or not? And if you're like, Hey, I just don't want to do it. Cool. Then don't do it. But if you're going to do it, like you, everyone's on Zoom calls. 
there was no problem with that. You know what I mean? We're on this call now. Like everyone can do FaceTime. Everyone can do Zooms. Everyone's comfortable doing everything else on video. Yet for some reason in their own living room or office, they can't pull out their phone and shoot a 30 second video. Like, I think it's just like, you got to do it. You got to put yourself out there and there's tactics and stuff like that. But that's the first piece. The second thing is on the editing, right? So what would you do? First of all, I edited all my own videos. The first nine months, 10 months I was doing videos. And so I know what that's like. I was a coach. I was a consultant. Like my customers were coaches, consultants. So I get that 100%. And your time is valuable. And you have to do a lot of things yourself because you don't have the budget stuff yet. If that's the case, we've got incredible apps like InShot and there's a ton of others that you can download and really easily edit a video, do auto captions, that kind of stuff. There are some things, again, you'd have to create a system and a process to do it as efficiently as you possibly can. And definitely you could go to Upwork and Fiverr and try to hire somebody at a reasonable price to maybe do some of the editing and stuff for you. So there are options, right? You just got to think about if you don't have the budget, you probably have more time to leverage. If you don't have the time to leverage, you probably have a little bit more budget to leverage. Right. If you were to tell my audience a five-step process or a three-step process, because that was one of the things that I noticed in all of your videos is that you do have a lot of steps that you say, okay, you need to do this and this. Let's say they're using video for LinkedIn How does it work with that particular platform that might, you know, that they aren't using? Because I know I'm not a real big LinkedIn person, but I'm sure there are people out there that do a lot in LinkedIn. And I think that, I think if you incorporate some video, and so what would you suggest that they do? Because there is a lot of B2B there. And I think that a lot of my peeps have B2B clients. Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge, it is a tremendously big platform, especially if you're B2B and you're not there, like you're missing out on just a ton of opportunities. It's also got great organic, meaning that you can get on there and be a newer user, just like TikTok. And you can actually post not that you can not have a thousand, you can not have a hundred thousand followers. You could have a couple hundred followers or a couple thousand followers and your post could get seen by hundreds of thousands of people. Now that doesn't mean like I'm telling you go post one post and it's like, oh, it didn't go viral. What's going on? Like, I'm not saying that. Like it's the same thing on TikTok. You got to figure out the platform, the audience and create really good content. Now on LinkedIn, the difference there is you need, it's a social graph versus an interest-based graph algorithm. Here's what I mean by that in case anyone listening isn't familiar. In when social media was first created, Facebook, the Instagrams, the Twitters, like the uh, things are 20 years old. Most people don't know that. It's a very old platform. It just recently became a content platform. They're based on social graphs, meaning it's going to show you content that you've people that you've engaged with before. If I comment on your post, then it may show one of your connections, your post, or one of my connections, your post, because I commented on it. It's very about engagement and who you follow and what you like and what posts you like. TikTok and Instagram Reels followed suit and now YouTube Shorts followed suit is very interest-based, which means that all it cares about is how long you're watching videos. Maybe if you're liking them, sure. But it really cares how much you're consuming and what type of content and what it thinks you're interested in. And then it's just going to feed you a ton of more content just like that, right? And so LinkedIn, when you're going to LinkedIn, you've got to create content in the first place. So I would say you could definitely start off creating text posts. Picture posts are doing really well on LinkedIn. It's the secret hack right now. Picture with a good text and your hook, just like a good video, you need a good hook in your text post, right? So those are doing really well on LinkedIn. I just posted one 
and it got 40,000 views and three or 400 engagements, right? So selfies, picture posts, that kind of stuff is doing really well. And video does do well too. You just got to know the audience and the type of content that's going to attract them. But the other thing at the flip side on LinkedIn is that you actually have to show up there and engage with other people. So mm -hmm. it's tough to get traction if you show up and just post content and then hope that something happens without actually engaging. Because you need to get in there and you need to build kind of fans and supporters and you need to signal to the algorithm that, hey, I'm liking so-and-so's post. I'm engaging here. I'm commenting here. That's going to feed into the social graph platform that it is versus TikTok where I could literally engage with nobody and just post good video content and it's going to do its thing if the watch time's good and the retention rate's good. So just knowing that about LinkedIn, I think is really important. If you're going to go there, study people like me have been there for a few years and have executed over time and gotten a lot of results there. Watch what we do. Watch us engage, watch us comment, watch because you can look at all of our activity, watch what we post and how often and what type of content we post. And there's a ton of people to learn from. So on the LinkedIn side, the pictures are working with a good hook versus the video content. They're working. Okay. Both are working. So they've done well. Picture for a lot of people, like videos intimidating, of course, for people to do, especially if it's a newer platform. And just reposting your TikToks to LinkedIn probably isn't going to work, even though I do post a lot of the same content, but it's not TikTok watermarked. It's not made on TikTok. It's made for LinkedIn. It's made for TikTok. I say picture with text because it's just an easier start for a lot of people. And then mixing in a video or two a week on LinkedIn would be great. If you did five posts a week, and two or three were text or pictures, and then one or two were videos. That's a great way. That's a great place to start. Are you just taking the actual TikTok symbol off the video and uploading it? Is that what you're doing? No. Or are you creating content specifically for LinkedIn? So I believe in creating content, not within the social media platforms, but outside of the social media platform. Okay. And then distributing to the platforms that you want that content to be on. Now, obviously, when you're creating the content, you got to keep in mind where that's going to be distributed. Because if I create a horizontal video that has is 10 minutes long and doesn't have a strong hook, that's not going to work on TikTok, right? And so I got to think about where is this content going and who's going to see it and, and what's the algorithm. And I'm creating based on that. But all the content I create is created off platforms. I will do my edits, post-production stuff, and then distribute it to the platforms. Right. So found somebody and I outsourced and then we grew a team and now we've got a team of editors and that we help our assign to our client. That's the only way to go. Eventually is just to outsource it all. So would you suggest for my solopreneurs out there that they use something like CapCut? Yeah, that could work fine. Descript, CapCut, any of those, those apps or like platforms that you can use on desktop to upload on desktop, it auto captions for you. I would get something that auto captions for you. I think that's the biggest yeah. thing. You can do auto captions. And then if you want to add a title, that's really all you need in terms of like just basic 101 editing okay. and solopreneurs and coaches, they crush on LinkedIn. Like they do tremendously well. I know a ton of them. I was one of them. That is 100% a place. I would tell people literally ditch Instagram and go to LinkedIn. I made that decision in 2019 where I was starting to create on both platforms. And I was like working a full-time job. I was a single dad. I was like, I only have so much time in the day. I chose in 2019, late 2019, to go to LinkedIn. I had zero followers. I had maybe a couple hundred on Instagram, but I was posting more frequently. I'd built up a little momentum. And I was like, I'm going to LinkedIn. I think Instagram's going down and I think LinkedIn's going to be on the rise. Luckily, I was right. It's tough to get organic reach on Instagram. It's too crowded. It's too many people. It's too saturated. It's too many ads. LinkedIn is not that way. So right. if you think about the 800 million people that are on LinkedIn, only 2% of people are creating content on a weekly basis. 
That means there's a lot of demand for good quality content to consume for customers. And there's not much supply, which is a sweet spot. And that's, and there's not as many ads yet there will be, and there will be more creators because more creators are flocking to LinkedIn by the day because they realize the opportunity there. So get in as soon as you can, because that's the opportunity. Right. I think that's a great advice. And when it comes to LinkedIn and you just got to start using the platform and it is, it's different from the other platforms that are out there, but you definitely have to start using the platforms that are going to work best for your business. And I think LinkedIn is one of those little secrets, like you said. Yep. I totally think that everybody should be following you on LinkedIn to see what kind of content you're creating. And I always tell people, stop listening and then watching it and understanding what they're doing. It's not just consuming stuff. And that's that's the big thing with me and TikTok is I actually separate TikTok. So the hearts are things that are not business related and the saves are everything that I want to go back to that I saw something that they did. And I want to implement that. And I think that's what you need to be doing is consuming information. But to, when I started this tactic where I'm the harding and the saving, that was when everything had its own little filing cabinet. I love that. That's a great idea. It's a good actionable tip too. If you're to your point, if all you're doing is information is only information unless you mm-hmm. act on it, right? Like you could know and see a lot of different things, but you've got to take something and then do something with it. And so saving them and going back and saying, all right, how can I use this tactic or strategy or technique to go and create a video or a piece of content or tweak my profile, whatever it is. That's the key. That's the yeah. key. It's just like books too. So I don't care if you've read a hundred books this year. I want to know what you did with it. Maybe you don't need to read a hundred books. Maybe you read one or two and you actually put that to use. Yeah, absolutely. You can read a book about swimming all day long, but if you don't get in the pool and start swimming, you'll never learn. Yes. And I agree. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me. Thanks, Louise.